Forget frequently asked questions. Common sense. Common knowledge. Or Google. How about advice from a real genius? 95% of people in any profession are good enough to be qualified and licensed. 5% go above and beyond. They become very good at what they do. But only 0.1% are real geniuses. Richard Jacobs has made it his life's mission to find them for you. He hunts down and interviews geniuses in every field. Sleep science, cancer, stem cells, ketogenic diets, and more. Here come the geniuses. This is the Finding Genius Podcast with Richard Jacobs. Before we begin, a note from our sponsor. I'm Richard Jacobs, Executive Director of the nonprofit Finding Genius Foundation and host of the Finding Genius Podcast. In late 2016, I was rear-ended at 65 miles an hour by a truck on the highway, which sent me off-road into a ditch. The impact of the collision gave me a concussion and other injuries. At the hospital, a CT scan showed that I had thyroid nodules, which turned out to be cancer. It was then, when I had a biopsy in my neck, that I realized, even if I was a millionaire, I wouldn't want a second or a third biopsy due to the pain and the invasiveness of it. And appointments at that time for thyroid experts were three to six months out. And I was worried about dying now, even if that was irrational. So because of this, I've decided to raise money to conduct a literature review on steroids, on the causes of anxiety and depression, a condition that affects well over 50 million people in the United States and hundreds of millions worldwide. Our goal is to create a codex, a guide, that reveals all possible treatments for anxiety and depression for people that live with the condition or for loved ones that have it, as my wife and my son do. To find out more about our fundraiser, visit FindingGeniusFoundation.org and click on Current Initiatives. And now, to our guest. Hello, this is Richard Jacobs with the Finding Genius Podcast, now part of the Finding Genius Foundation. I have Dave Sherwin. He's the founder of Dairobi Health Show. It's a, he's a certified fitness nutrition coach and an entrepreneur. And we're going to talk to him about his show and uh, what he's learned from working with, uh, looks like over 100,000 people in terms of weight loss. It's a lot. So Dave, thank you for coming. Well, thanks so much for the invite. It is uh, really a, an honor to be on your podcast. Have you ever done a, uh, you know, just for the shock value, have you ever added up all the pounds that all the people you worked with have lost? <laughs> no, I have not. I've, I've, I've heard many terrific stories and, and frankly, many failures as well. As a matter of fact, you know, that's, that's informed a lot of what I've learned since 2009 is weight loss really is a struggle and I'm not going to deny it. I mean, I know there's lots of, of, of programs out there that sound terrific and so easy and wonderful. And, but yes, we've had plenty of successes. At the same time, it's been a real education into some of the real world challenges people face when they're trying to lose weight. Okay. So tell me about your background. Like what got you into weight loss? You know, why, what do you do what you do? Yeah. Well, when I was a, a kid, I was pretty backwards and shy and, um, you know, didn't have many friends and was really awkward. And, and in about seventh grade, there's like this low basketball hoop out on the playground. And these kids had a, maybe a softball sized ball and they were trying to dunk it and, and they couldn't. And I was like, can I try? And I was taller than all of them. And I was able to jump up and dunk this ball. And it was one of my first memories of doing something that would be like impressive to other people. You know what I mean? And it was the beginning of me starting to play basketball and developing confidence and being introduced to athletics and, you know, what you can do with your body and being introduced to physical strength training over time and being learning to jump higher and learning about nutrition. All of those things were formative for me in my teen years. And so athletics and the introduction to health and fitness generally really helped me overcome 
some of my, I guess, you know, weaknesses um, as a, as a child. And, and so it really started then, although I, I, I didn't get into the, it as, as an industry until uh, 2009, I didn't get into the health field until then. So what, what prompted you in 2009? Why was there a change in what you were doing? What made you go into the health field? Yeah. So my initial interest was in business. I've always been interested in business. My dad was a, kind of an entrepreneur. He had his own business and, and um, I was loved every now and then he'd even take me out of school and take me on a business trip. And I thought it was so cool that he could just, you know, stop and get lunch somewhere. And he had his own schedule. And I, I got really intrigued by entrepreneurship as a, as a kid because of him. And so I, I took classes in marketing in, in college and uh, fell in love with marketing and advertising and the whole process by which people learn about products and buy products. And, and I built and sold businesses. I sold um, a business in 2001 that I'd built up since 1993. And at that time, I actually didn't have a plan for what I was going to do next. But the internet, we'd just been through the dot bomb phase of things. People were highly skeptical that the internet would be a viable way of moving products. And I was pretty tech unsavvy. Okay. I, I, I barely knew how to send and receive email. And so, but I caught this vision in about 2002. And I thought, you know, the internet is going to be the way business is done. I don't know how, but this is going to be the way of the future and I better figure it out. And so I, I, I took a course by Stephen Pierce, who at that time was one of the gurus of e-commerce back before everyone, anyone really knew what they were doing. I went down to Las Vegas. I went to his event and I came out of there with even more of a vision of what could be done. And I went into e-commerce and back then no one else knew what to do. And so quickly, instead of me building my own brands or my own products, people started hiring me. Everyone came to me, Dave, I, I got a website. How do I sell my stuff online? I, or I got these products. I need to build a website. How do I do SEO? How do we do, you know, how do we sell our product online? And I, I, I quickly, uh, because I'd learned a few things and had some success, I ended up building other people's businesses really. Until about 2009, where I had a massive business failure, and I we won't go into that. It'll be it'll take too long and expand the episode longer it needs to be. But it was just a bad deal. Our, our servers were hacked. I had a successful business that was taken down basically by by hackers. And I was calling friends on the phone, like, "Hey, I just had a big massive failure. I'm looking for something else to do." And one of my buddies said, "Dave, you are a health and fitness guy. You always have been. Uh, you like building businesses, but your passion is health and fitness." Why aren't you doing a health and fitness business? Why are you building everyone else's businesses? And that was the huge epiphany that led to me creating a weight loss product. And then since then, developing other products uh, for health and wellness. And I've been doing it and loving it ever since, uh, since 2009. Okay, good. Well, tell me about your, your protocol for weight loss. What does it look like? I know everyone's different, but you know what's uh, common about it to everyone you work with? Excellent. Well, it sure has evolved. I'll tell you what, what we were teaching in 2009, 2010, 2011 was, of course, caloric restriction, which is generally part of every type of weight loss program, along with the weight loss supplement that helps to uh, people to burn the brown, what we call the brown fat. The brown fat is that fat that you don't want. Like there's healthy fat, of course, even, even the most uh, successful Olympic athletes have some percentage of body fat. And as a matter of fact, if you get too low in body fat, it's quite unhealthy. And uh, there's numbers you can quickly, you know, easily look up online. It's something like don't below, go below 10% for women and 6% for men at the bare minimum, whatever. But body fat is not the problem. It's too much body fat of the wrong kind. You know, there's visceral body fat that protects our organs. And then there's just normal fat stores that we need for energy. 
Well, we were teaching people to take our supplement and to do a, a low caloric diet. Now, as you know, the weight loss field is problematic because many people can go lose weight in a lot of different ways. People have success on keto. They have success on a Mediterranean diet. They have success at Weight Watchers. Uh, but not everyone has success at everything. And then sooner or later, the program goes away. And if you aren't on a program, what exactly are you going to do? And that's the question that kind of vexed me for a long time. Because your first question was great. Yeah, we had lots of great weight loss stories. I had people lose 40 pounds in 30 days. I mean, we had some crazy success stories. But I would always think in the back of my head, this is terrific. But when I talk to you in two years, where are you going to be? Because I didn't give them a track to run on. And so and so finally, this concept that, well, if you're, if you're on a program to lose weight, what are you going to do to keep it off? And then if you figure out what you're going to do to keep it off, why not just start that program right now? So does the keep it off program look, look different from the initial weight loss program? Great question. So what we're doing now is we're trying to get people to start the take it off, the keep it off program right now. And we've had people lose a decent amount of weight. It's not quite as aggressive as the caloric restriction, but it's way easier. And if someone loses six to 11 pounds on a program that they can in the first month on a program that they picture doing for the rest of their lives, I feel like I've really hit a home run because six to 11 pounds in one month is enough that they see that this is working. It's enough that they feel better. And so we call it the Dairobi undiet and we call it the undiet just because what we're trying to do is teach people to do something that is not a program, but is actually a lifestyle that they can understand and that they can adopt and that they can do right now that will help them lose the weight and then keep it off. And it's all one program. So they're not going from this diet into a normal life. And then the normal life tends to be what they were doing before, which is the way they put on the weight in the first place. And so we're encouraging people to do the Dairobi undiet right out of the gate and simply be more strict with it during the weight loss phase. Before we continue, I've been personally funding the Finding Genius podcast for four and a half years now, which has led to 2,700 plus interviews of clinicians, researchers, scientists, CEOs, and other amazing people who are working to advance science and improve our lives and our world. Even though this podcast gets 100,000 plus downloads a month, we need your help to reach hundreds of thousands more worldwide. Please visit FindingGeniusPodcast.com and click on support us. We have three levels of membership from 10 to $49 a month, including perks such as the ability to see ahead in our interview calendar and ask questions of upcoming guests, transcripts of podcasts you're interested in, the ability to request specific topics or guests, and more. Visit FindingGeniusPodcast.com and click support us today. Now back to the show. And then they can play around with it as they go because it's based on principles that are flexible. What are, what are some of the time-based uh, milestones or watershed moments you see people go through? Like, do you divide it up into the first week or first two weeks? This kind of stuff can happen. And then after three months, this stuff happens. And, you know, like, you know there are watershed moments or milestones in the person's journey. It's such a good question. And you might not even like my answer because let's just take a page out of Buddhism here for a minute. I am trying to get people to have a goalless practice. I am trying to get people to stop thinking about achievement to stop thinking about how many pounds they're going to lose in however many days or however many months. And the reason why is because that is part of the all or nothing thinking that is so prevalent in our health world at the moment. If I can get people to step back and take a deep breath 
and adopt the seven principles as a lifestyle and then work on it for as long as it takes for them to reach their ideal body weight. So I'm certainly not against setting goals, but I don't set them for them. I don't set milestones. The other reason why, Richard, is because everyone's different, right? So the problem is, is when when one person hears that another person hit this milestone and they didn't hit it, it makes them feel like a failure. And so what happens is these great testimonials that I thought were so great to share with everyone in the beginning when people started to lose a lot of weight actually became a little bit toxic. And so the fact is some people are going to take longer to lose weight than others. Let me give you one example if I could. I had a young a young lady, college age, who had been obese for as long as she could remember. She was bullied as a child in elementary school for being overweight. And she just had this kind of horrible situation where being overweight was something that she dealt with for as long as she could remember. And now she's in college and she wanted to lose about a hundred pounds. And she got these new roommates who were very supportive and loving and kind to her. And she felt like she was in a place where with their support, she could lose a hundred pounds. And she started taking our products and following. And I, I actually worked closely with her and she had this great support through her roommates. And her plan was quite simple. It was to follow our, our, uh, our, our plan, take our supplement, and of course, to clean up her eating. And for exercise, she wanted to run on the treadmill. I said, you know, when, you, when you're trying to lose 100 pounds running, it might be hard on your joints and everything. How about just walking? It's easier. It's better on your joints. And just over time, it'll be very natural when you start to run. Uh, but let's just start with walking. Keep it uh, low impact. And so, but she'd walk for an hour. She was very dedicated. She'd do a quick walk on the treadmill five days a week and follow the protocol, take our supplement. After the first month, she hadn't lost a pound. I was a little surprised about that. And I, you know, you kind of wonder, are you really following this? And she swore that she was, and so did her roommate. And so, I, she, but she had a good attitude. It's like, well, I'll, I'll carry on. And so she carried on month two, hadn't lost a pound. Very shocking. This is something that's very unusual. I hadn't seen it before. To make matters worse, she went through another month, 90 days of improved nutrition, taking the right supplements, exercising, and hadn't lost a single pound in 90 days. And she was almost in tears when I talked to her on that 90th day. But she said to me, Dave, you know what? Maybe this is the body God wants me to have. That's an exact quote. Maybe this is the body God wants me to have. But you know what? I feel better. I like the disciplines I'm developing. I may still be 100 pounds overweight, but I have less brain fog. I have more energy. And so I'm just going to carry on doing this plan. Guess what? In the next 30 days, she lost 35 pounds. Now, I can't tell you. Why do you think that happened looking back? I don't know. And I'm not a psychologist. I can only guess. I think think part of it is when someone makes a drastic health change. We do know from from, uh, evolutionary psychology that when you make massive health changes, your body does resist. We do know, for example, when you're trying to mentally lose weight, your body, your cells are hanging onto it because they're afraid of starvation, right? You've got these built-in mechanisms. If you like this podcast, please click the link in the description to subscribe and review us on iTunes. The hang on to the calories and hang on to, to the fat. And for some people, that's more at play than with others. Secondly, I think it may have been with her letting go. It may have been emotional and psychological that she'd hit a point where she was no longer focused on the weight loss. And there may have been a reverse psychology thing going on where she was mentally clinging on to the weight for some reason. And that when she hit the point of being emotionally 
and mentally ready to let it go and to do these habits because they were good, not just be, not just for weight loss. I think there may have been this kind of overall mental, emotional release and a letting go experience that her body just realized this is what she was going to do. And the resistance faded away. And then she lost the weight. When people come to you, do they come to you with their goal in mind? Like, do do people say, I need to lose 55 pounds? Or do they say, I need to lose weight and be healthier? Like, what kinds of things do they tell you? Well, frankly, very few people come to me directly. What happens, you know, we have thousands of customers uh, a month. And so I actually work directly with very few of them. I do my podcast, I put out content, and I do offer free consulting to all of my clients. They can they can go to my website and, and schedule 20 minutes with me anytime, any of them. But I'm not a direct coach with them because we just we just have too many. And so what happens is I try to give them as much as I can through mass media, right? Through the podcast and through our blog and through um, good good email communication and that type of thing. And, but for those who do reach out to me, uh, it's, it's really, I really enjoy it. I mean, when I can get on those, those private consults and, and speak directly to them, and, and Richard, they're all over the map. I mean, the stories, they're all over the map. There really isn't a whole lot of similarities because, of course, there's different ages. Like I just told you. But there there may be like archetypes. You know, I mean, everyone's story is different, but Okay. I would guess that if you think about it, there probably are five, seven, ten different flavors, major flavors of story that you hear, even though the details are different. Okay, I get it. So, okay, here's number one. Number one is basically what an Austra- a, a massive Australian study discovered, studying tens of thousands of people over a few years. And that is that the average person who grew up with, let's just call it a normal environment, right, of... Um, Average eating, maybe some athletics in, in school, but nothing crazy, not, you know, parents who, who ate off of an organic hippie farm or something like that. Just a normal upbringing. And people who start off at their ideal body weight at about age 20, who are generally healthy, tend to gain two pounds per year for the next 20 years until they're 40 pounds overweight. That is very, very common. And so it just happens through giving up their exercise program, whatever sport they may be played in high school or college, getting into real life, having some children and just slowly accumulating the weight. We see a lot of that. I'd say number two, if we're going to categorize this, is women who've had children. Many, many women after they have, usually not their first, but often their second or third child, find it very, very difficult to get rid of what is often referred to as the baby weight. So getting rid of that baby weight uh, and then, of course, they're very busy. They're busy moms. They often have a job. And so their their lifestyle completely changes. They don't have the freedom that they used to have in terms of their flexible schedule to just hit the gym whenever they want, that type of thing. Uh, that, that would be another very large uh, category. Another one would be medical issues. Uh, someone who's very, very fit until they have an accident of some sort. Cancer. You know, uh, someone who has recovered from cancer. Uh, someone who develops diabetes. There's these issues where someone was going along quite well. And then suddenly life hit them somehow and created an event that made it difficult for them to keep up a routine. So those those are three that I, I think are fairly common threads. Yeah. Well, the reason I ask you is, you know, those three avatars or archetypes, they probably, I mean, hopefully your program works for all of them. It sounds like it does, but I would guess that they all want different things. So, you know, like anecdotally, what do you hear from people? Like, what do they like about your show and all your material? What do they find challenging? 
what do they find enlightening? Like, you know, are there any highlights of stories you've heard that really spoke to you? Yeah, I think one of the things they like, and there's a really interesting word. A, a lady recently took my transformation program and she used a word I'd never heard before, but I thought it was really profound. She said, our program gave her grace. She said, I didn't feel like I had to follow all these rules. It wasn't difficult. I felt like it gave me grace to follow it at my own speed in my own way. And so words like that, grace, flexibility, easy to understand, easy to do. And uh, so, you know, we don't have calorie counting, for example. You don't have to weigh your food. We don't have difficult. There's nothing difficult about it. Would you like me to read you the seven principles involved in the undiet? Yeah, sure. Go ahead. Let me read them to you. And that'll give you more of a flavor for this. So number one is, especially during weight loss phase, do not drink calories. Okay. So many people are drinking sodas and uh, high calorie coffees in the morning. You know, coffee's not that bad if you don't add a bunch of uh, uh, calories to it uh, and so on. So many people are drinking their calories. We have to be careful with alcohol, with uh, even smoothies and drinks that sound healthy. They're often adding those extra calories that are helping us gain that little bit of weight, throwing us into that category of gaining a couple pounds a year over time. Number two, eat all your food slowly and mindfully. This one is sneaky. People think when they hear it, huh? What's that going to do? Well, let me tell you, it does a lot. When we eat unmindfully and quickly, we tend to overeat. Our stomach hormones that trigger the mind that the stomach is full are a little slow. They're not perfect at their job. And so when you eat quickly, you tend to eat too much. There's a lot of science behind this. We know this is true. When you eat slowly and mindfully, you get more nutrition out of the food. Your body reacts better to the food. Your hormones function better. Number three is intermittent fasting, which is stop eating after dinner and delay your breakfast. So it gives your body a chance to truly digest the food, to sleep better that night because your body, your stomach isn't full of food. It takes a lot of energy to run our brain and our, our digestive system. Those are the two biggest things that take energy. And when you go to bed, having digested all your food, you're in a much better optimal state to sleep. The melatonin level is high. The, uh, the HGH, estrogen, and testosterone rises overnight to where you're in a perfect situation to exercise, meditate, spend those morning hours winning the day, right? So intermittent fasting is key to this. Then eating healthy macros. So we teach people how to eat healthy carbs, fats, and proteins, and to get five to nine servings of fruit or vegetables every day. That's a big one. But hopefully we're tweaking things. We're not having people do something like, you know, keto, where you suddenly have to know just how many carbs you eat. It's nothing like that. We're just getting people to eat a balance of healthy carbs, fats, protein, and five to nine servings of veggies a day. So that's the nutritional side of it. Number five is observe a simple supplement strategy. Too many people are deficient in vitamins and minerals. So we start them there. We want them to take a multivitamin and a mineral. We have those products for sale on our website. And as a matter of fact, the purchase of those products is all they need to do to get in our transformation program. We don't charge for the, the program itself. And then we have a weight, our weight loss product as well. So in the weight loss phase, we have them take our multi, a mineral, and a weight loss uh, supplement. Number six, we have them exercise daily, even if it's not intense. A walk counts, yoga, anything that they can do. We just don't, we just don't want them to be have, have days of being completely sedentary. So we're encouraging at least a few days a week of regular exercise, along with making sure there's some movement in the day, every day, whether it's just, you know, getting your 10,000 steps or yoga, as I mentioned. And now, and the last one is sleep. 
there are many, many studies showing that one of the reasons people struggle to lose weight is because of things I alluded to earlier, their hormones are disrupted. They're not getting enough sleep every night. Their body doesn't get to recover. It's not digesting all the food. It's not eliminating toxins, pathogens, and carcinogens during the night, which is what it's supposed to be doing. So we want people to get seven to nine hours of sleep. And those seven things, Richard, they do the trick. I mean, when you do those seven things, you get all these things dialed in, the weight comes off naturally. Yeah, no, that's excellent. With these seven principles, though, where do people have issues? It sounds like they're they're guidelines instead of hard and fast rules, which is good. So people can be flexible within them. But again, out of the seven, which one is the most difficult and why? On that one, it is surprising. Uh, For some, it's not drinking calories. They're addicted to uh, soda, for example, or alcohol. For some, it's eating slowly and mindfully. Some people just like, I can't do it. I scarf my food down. I always have. For others, it's the figuring out healthy carbs, fats, and protein because they weren't raised with a generally uh, healthy diet. The supplements is the easiest one. No one struggles with that. Supplements, of course, supplement everything else that I said. But (laughs) wonderfully, you just slap down your money, right? You pay the money, you get the supplements, you take them. That's the easiest of all of them. And so that's, you know... No one really complains about that one. Um, Exercise daily can be a challenge for some people, although less of a challenge than I would have thought in the beginning. And another very big one is for some people is, uh, is sleep. For some people, that's really difficult. They have a sleep issue or they have a job that makes it difficult or Uh, like my situation, my wife is a night owl and we, we, we have a great marriage. We're very happy together. We love each other. We like to spend time every night, but I want to go to bed two hours before she does. (laughs) And, and so I got to decide between getting enough sleep some nights or making my wife happy. Right. So there's a lot of things that go into this. And so there's compromises we make with other people, uh, maybe with our, our work and we don't strive for perfection. We strive for doing the best we can with the seven principles and, and aligning ourselves. And, and, and one of the things I found, Richard, is that, you know, 60% adherence to these principles does wonders. 70% is outstanding and 80% changes people's lives in amazing ways. And so we don't need 100%. I don't even teach 100%. I teach the principles. I help people develop the habits. I answer the questions, uh, but I'm just striving to have them achieve, you know, achieve 60% adherence better if they can. Yeah, no, that's excellent. I mean, you've been doing this for a while. What's the next iteration? Where do you need to take this? Or is it successful enough and there's not really anything left to do? Like, What's next? The, the iteration is uh, we've been working on for a few years, uh, and that is overall wellness and dealing with some of the uh, exact uh, issues that many people are having. For example, one of the problems many people were having was digestion. And we've developed a product called Eat Anything RX, which is actually an amazing product. I believe it's the number one uh, absorption product on Amazon at the moment, as a matter of fact. If you went to Amazon and, and searched for fructose malabsorption supplement, it's either you know number one or number two anyway. Very popular there. So uh, I'm not sure if you're familiar with absorption issues, but this goes hand in hand with my point number two of eating solely and mindfully. But unfortunately, even when some people eat solely and mindfully, they don't have the enzymes, prebiotics, and probiotics to digest the food properly. So there's an absorption issue there that our Eat Anything product handles. Another thing that some, many of our older clients deal with is joint pain. So we're asking them to be active every single day, and they're like, geez, it hurts my knee. It hurts my back. It hurts my neck. Mm-hmm. 
Um, we've got a wonderful product called Mimi's Miracle Turmeric that has a human clinical study behind it with 120 individuals, 60 in the control group, out of which the people who are taking the supplement had a 95% reduction in pain after 60 days. And we're talking people with osteoarthritis in their knees. So that's a yeah. really amazing product. And so it's, it's those types of things. It's, it's developing a broad product line that supports all the different things that people may be going through on their journey. Okay. Well, very good. So you have these products that support people that have these unusual issues like malabsorption, et cetera. Um, are there any people that you can't help? I know it's a tough question, but you know, over this many people, are there some that just, it doesn't work? Is it their fault? Is it your fault? I mean, what's like the root cause that you've identified? Yeah. I mean, not everything works for everybody. Yeah, of, of course. Um, we have people return products. We have a very low return rate, but we have a return rate, which means some people just didn't like it or it just didn't work for them. I totally understand that. We're not trying to be all things for all people. We're trying to be, though, a great company for most people. How about that? You know, most people who come to us who follow the simple principles that we teach and take our products are going to have success. I and mean, we, we, we know that from the feedback that the vast majority do have great success. We're not naive enough to, to think that the human body can be so unique that there's some things that just won't, won't work for people. I get that. Uh, but for the most part, I would say that too many people are looking for too much. Um, they're, they're looking for, you know, they're chasing rainbows when really good health is fairly simple it's a matter of finding the right habits that you follow on a daily basis for long enough, and you can really change your life. And people who let go of the silver bullet kind of mentality, who would accept the simple principles I'm teaching, who, who can live with the goalless practice like I talked about, if they can just let go of their baggage and their failures in the past and instead simply accept a simple program that they're going to follow for a long time, people with that attitude have tremendous success over time and, and they can kind of, um, you know, let go of some of the, like I said, silver bullet thinking, and maybe some of the overly promised programs they've done in the past or some of the expensive program. Let's face it. Many of these companies charge an arm and a leg for health products or for weight loss. And so we're trying to make things very affordable, very simple, and something they can do for the rest of their life, very comfortably and easily and successfully. Okay. And where can people run into you? You know, Darobi, you said you have a, a podcast a website. So what are all the areas or, or all the URLs or tags that people can use to find you? Yeah, you can find everything at dirobi.com, D-I-R-O-B-I.com. From there, there's a link to the podcast. I'd love to have you listen in. It's a, a lot of fun for me. I've had world record holders and even a billionaire now uh, on the show. So it's, it's quite an interesting, uh, uh, fun thing to do. So there's that. Um, we have a really terrific resources page. I went over these seven things very quickly. There's a lot more to it. I've got a 10-page PDF you can read in just a few minutes on the resources page. I'd love to have everyone just download that so you can kind of get a, a better in-depth of each principle than what I was able to give here on the podcast. And if you use the code INSIDER, I-N-S-I-D-E-R, you'll get 15% off anything that you would like to purchase if you want to try out any of our products. Yeah, no, that's great. And uh, last question, what's Dorobi mean? It's really an interesting question. Uh, it comes from a Sanskrit word called Dorobi, uh, D-O-R-O-B-I, which uh, meant destroy your weakness. And I had trademarked, but, but you can't trademark a foreign word. 
in America. And so I changed it to Dairo because I liked the iteration of the DI and then the um, BI at the end. So we changed it to Dairobi. We got the trademark. And uh, yeah, it originally came from a word, a, a phrase meaning destroy your weakness. Okay. Yeah. Very cool. Well, very cool. Well, Dave, thank you for what you do and for coming on the show. I appreciate it. It's a, as I mentioned at the beginning, it's a real honor. Thank you so much. I'm grateful you would think of me to be on the show and it's been a lot of fun. Thank you. If you like this podcast, please click the link in the description to subscribe and review us on iTunes. You've been listening to the Finding Genius Podcast with Richard Jacobs. If you like what you hear, be sure to review and subscribe to the Finding Genius Podcast on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. And want to be smarter than everybody else? Become a premium member at FindingGeniusPodcast.com. This podcast is for information only. No advice of any kind is being given. Any action you take or don't take as a result of listening is your sole responsibility. Consult professionals when advice is needed.